I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody White's your professional coach, making sure that your life is no less than spectacular. I'm here with Mike Fakara. Hi, Mike. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to our chat. Let me tell you something about Mike. Mike Fakara is a seasoned entrepreneur and consultant. His core focus is on growth and scaling strategies for clients, in addition to expertise in personal brand building and social media strategy. He is consulting with small and large companies such as NEC, Nestle, Brand Ethos, and Top Score Writing among others. He's helped businesses in education, technology, healthcare, oil and gas, telecommunications, e-commerce, and manufacturing. He is a sought-after speaker and the host of the Start Down podcast. All right, Mike, is there an industry you don't help people with? (laughs) You know, it's funny. I always tell people I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I'm 43 (laughs) years old, so that's kind of why I do what I do. I I don't think so. You know, and I was in this conversation with someone the other day. There's just core fundamentals that I think are the same for everyone in business. So so that's uh, what makes me very lucky to be able to kind of choose my own adventure as I've been going on this crazy ride, you know. Yeah, I love it. And I love that you're willing to go into different industries and really, you know, be open to helping people that need um, the help to be successful. So that's great. Now, Mike, um, had you always wanted to be in business or a coach? Um, What, um, you know, did you start off that way? Yeah, no, I mean, it's funny because I just, you know, told you I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And that's really <laughs> been true my whole life. You know, um, I've been someone that was never a good student. I always tell the story of, and it's a chapter in my book, uh, I failed first grade. I was held back in first grade. And that kind of defined me for the rest of my academic mm-hmm. uh, and really my adult life in many ways, uh, which is that, you know, and I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And during that mm-hmm. time, if you weren't a good student and you didn't go to college, it was like, that's okay, but you're not going to be successful, right? There was none of this like, you could be an entrepreneur, or you could do this, or there's other ways to make money. Like none of that existed. So I, I kind of always had that and really never knew what I wanted to be. Uh, graduated high school by the skin of my teeth, went to community college. Then I went to a four-year university to try to finish, failed out. And long story short, one of my former teachers from high school who actually came in when I was waiting tables at a restaurant and said, hey, would you like to substitute teach? I said, that sounds like the easiest job in the world. Yeah. I'm like, sure, yeah, yeah I'll take that. <laughs> um, so I figured I could sub during the day, wait tables at night. And did that for a while, but fell in love with teaching. Uh, you know, the more and more you, you, once you start doing something you love and realize I didn't love waiting tables anymore and finished yeah. my degree. So I taught for the better part of a decade. 
unknowingly went to go work for a startup uh, at some point that was actually running out of a school. Um, and that's really how I kind of got into the business thing. That startup ended up getting an investment, uh, mm. ended up being grown, but I was promised everything under the sun, stock options, equity, my own private plane. I got none of that, oh, um, but I did no. end up learning a lot. And then that's when I transferred over into the coaching and consulting. And I really spent the second half of my career. It's almost split now in years. Um, so I really spent about now a little more than 11 years doing the business development consulting. And that's what I've done kind of based on my experience mm-hmm. in that startup. Um, and now worked with multiple different types of business over 10 years. It's really been a neat experience. That sounds, it really sounds great. And the fact that, you know, you were open to learning, you, you went into this uh, startup, you know, with, Hey, I want to learn. I want to, I want to understand the business, yep. um, is great. You know, that's, uh, that's the way we all learn. So you talked about core fundamentals. What, um, what are those core fundamentals that you've seen for success? I mean, I think, I think for success, it's, it, it, it varies on the business, but like I said, those, those core fundamentals, and it's funny, it, it's not what you think it would be, right? Um, it's not a sound budget. It's not, it's not even knowing your numbers. I, I know plenty of people that do millions of dollars a year in business and have no clue what their numbers actually are. Mm. Um, it's, it's really three key things. The first thing is you have to have a passion for what you do. Mm. I think you have to believe and love what you do and, and, and be willing to do it. And, and when I say passion, sometimes that may be the passion of the service of the product you're delivering. Sometimes it's a passion just to make money. Um, but whatever it is, I think you have to have the passion for what you want to do. The second thing that I've seen in any business that's been successful is you have to not do everything. You have Mm. to be a master delegator. You have to be able to hand things off to other people, even if you're better at it than than those people. You have to be able to delegate. Um, You have to be able to hand things off. I would say delegation is probably one of the biggest things. The the biggest failure I've seen in businesses when when the leader is like, I have to do everything because I'm going to do it better myself. And they just don't know how to delegate. I think that's been the big fundamental. And the third one for me is the most important thing. Any business that I've seen succeed, any business that I've seen do well, uh, the leadership knows how to have fun with their team members and they know to have fun in life. There's this intersection of like fun and success. And I think if you could live right in the middle of that, if you think of those two circle diagrams, I think in life, we either go too much to the fun side or too much to the success side. Mm-hmm. But the people that live right in that little middle where they overlap, those are the successful businesses that I see. Yeah, we're talking about a Venn diagram right now. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. yes. And, you know, where did you come up with that? Because, you know, a delegation, yeah, that, you know, I've seen and work with a lot of leaders who are mm-hmm on you know on the path to burnout and they're they're not having fun but all, i know that your background also you got a a degree in psychology so yep. um you did eventually go back to school but uh, was that part of it uh in in that path in learning psychology and learning about people and really figuring them out i think a little less you know and we get out the college debate. I'm, I'm sure time and time again. I don't think I really learned much in college, to be honest. With you. <laughs> okay. um, you know, I did get my BA in psychology. I did get my master's degree in educational technology. And I think I learned a lot from that. Mm. Um, and even though, but, but to, to answer your question on how I really figured that out, it goes back to teaching, right? Mm. When you're a teacher in a classroom, I don't care whether you, you love or hate a student, you can't do it for them and you can't, and you, and you can't make them fail either, right? Like they have to be okay. able to, you have to be able to transfer the knowledge to them, right. you know? Um, and, and even if, you know, and the reason why I say like, there's some students in your class that may have been a pain in the neck, 
Um, but you still had to teach them. You still had to make sure they learn. Leadership's the same way. And I think coming into business is one of the reasons I, the way I learned that was I always approach things as a teacher. And it's like, yeah, but like mm. if you're doing it, like if, if I get up in front of the classroom and I'm the only uh, one that understood what I was teaching, that doesn't benefit my students, right? Right. And, and okay. even if you're like, oh, but I, you know, that student's a pain in the neck. You, Well, I, I still need them to succeed because my job yeah. is to teach them. You know what I mean? Or if a student's really smart or they're really struggling and I go in like, oh, I want to help them out and give them a better grade, but they didn't learn anything. That doesn't help them in life either. Right. Yeah. So I learned it from teaching and and the way, because in in business, I think too, your employees become, you know, there's such a parallel between employees and students. Um, you know, I don't care whether you have 10 employees or 10,000. Uh, there's that group that like loves to be there. We'll do anything. We'll, you know, right. or you die hard. Uh, there's the group that's like kind of in the middle that like, yeah, I'm here, but like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then there's the group that's like, I hate this place, but I'm here. <laughs> you know, you need to learn to work with all of them, right? And it's the same same way in the classroom, right? The percentages are almost the same. If you could learn how to lead all three of those groups at the same time and move them all towards the goal, just like you do in the classroom with education, that's where I think the win is, you know? And that's yeah. and that's really, it goes back to my roots of teaching. My wife uh, still gets mad at me because she's like, when people ask what I do sometimes, if I don't feel like having the in-depth conversation, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a teacher. <laughs> Great. That, that I mean... She's you like, but well, you do so much more than that. I'm like, yeah, I just don't I feel like getting into it right now. <laughs> I, I like your humbleness because yeah. I think at heart, it sounds like that's really who you are. And I think all of us really, really enjoy teaching others, yeah. watching them become independent, watching them take off with their own passion. And that's great. Now, what do you do with an employee or a student who's just not motivated? You know, I mean, and I think I put this on my, my social media one time. You know what you get when you motivate an idiot? No, I don't. <laughs> You're going to motivate an idiot. <laughs> oh, my it, gosh. <laughs> it, it really depends on, on why they're not motivated, right? Yeah. Um, and, and and the only reason I say the idiot thing, um, and I kid around like with my kids, I was telling someone the other day, I said, I didn't know stupid and idiot were a bad word, but apparently they are. So <laughs> hopefully my kids they're, aren't listening. But <laughs> not the most positive thing to hear from yeah, yeah, but... people. I gotta gotta let you know that, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of people don't like those words, but I think you gotta look, but we use those words, right? Like when we look at someone, they're like we sometimes say, tell people they're stupid or they're an idiot when really they're just not motivated. Mm. They're not in the right place. They're not, they're not where they should be. So if someone's not motivated, I look at two things. Number one, are they in the right place? Yeah. Number two, do they have the skill to, to do what they need to be doing? Right. Um, there's a lot of times where, where, and this has been the hardest thing, I think, for me to learn, too, even in my own businesses. I've seen people that have looked great on paper um, that have been absolute failures. Yeah. And then I've seen people who who have not looked good on paper that have been absolute rock stars. So, and, and like I said, I think it's, it's kind of goes back to that failing first grade thing. So I think it looks at, we got to look at people and look at like, why are they not there? Like, like, like if we think someone's not motivated and we're trying to motivate them, you can't always do that, right? Like you can't, you got to look at like something deeper. Like if someone's not in something that they love doing and they're not passionate about, I was talking to someone about this the other day. He's like, well, I think I'm going to take the sales job and I'm going to do this, this and this. And I'm like, and then he goes, and then I'm like, I'm going to look at like how I could take the money I make from the sales job and put it into, you know, the charitable organization, I believe. And I'm like, well, wait a second, why don't why don't you just focus on the mission? The mission is a charitable organization. Just do what you love for that. He goes, yeah, because I really don't like the sales. Stuff. I'm like, so figure out a way to go work directly for the charitable organizations or, or have them make money. I mean, it's it's focusing on the mission. So I think motivation and motivation is fickle, right? I think yeah. motivation is 
it's it, because listen, something could happen. Your dog could die. A family member could die. You could get hurt. You know, I mean, you could just, you could have a stomachache, you get a cold. I mean, and, and you're unmotivated, you know, you should be unmotivated at some points in your life. Right. Because I think it's a, for me, demotivation is a filter. And it, you know, it's funny you say that when I taught going back to teaching, you ever seen that? Remember those demotivator calendars? Do you ever see those? I know. I I don't know what so, a so demotivator. Remember, right, you remember the, me what those are? Yeah, remember the motivational things that would have like a guy like running across the finish oh, line. And have, like, oh, a you word mean out the there, posters? Like, yeah, like determination. Yeah, like you can do it. Yeah. So like you know, we've, we've all seen those. But then there was right. a, a a mock or mockery or or you know, <laughs> a mean version I called demotivators, and it was oh. a count someone got me as a joke, but it was like the exact opposite. So it was like a bear. And a salmon jumping in the berry and the salmon and it says sometimes the journey of a thousand miles does not end well. <laughs> you know? oh. But it would say like determination. So I yeah. hung those up all over my classroom. Oh my and word. I and I had other things on the walls and everything. And I would tell my students, I would be like, at one point, like halfway through the year, I'd be like, Do you guys see those on the wall? What are they? They're like, oh, they're the motivational posters. And I'm like, okay, read them. And oh. then they started reading them. And they were like, oh no, they're not motivational. That or they were like, wait a second. They were trying to figure out the way that it was motivational. They couldn't, it was demotivating but it was disguised as motivation. I think a lot of time we disguise motivation for employees and people when really they're just not where they're supposed to be. Just because you, mm. you're somewhere and you see something and it looks like something it's supposed to be, that's not right. And I think motivation comes from within. It comes from us being in the right place at the right time and doing what we love, you know? Right, um, and that's right. where the small things won't, won't bother us. You know, you were so gracious. I was a few minutes late to this podcast. Oh. And you were so gracious of like, hey, it's okay, it happens. I've seen people when they do these things and they're on these podcasts and they really don't enjoy it. I could tell because if I'm two minutes late, they get really upset. Yeah, I can tell your passion. You, when you love what you do, the small things don't bother you. The, the little errors when they happen, eh, it happens. What are we going to do? Let's fix it. You know? Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're all in it to, uh, you know, uh, to do what we like. Again, being passionate, but also to build relationships with other people and, you know, we need we need to just understand life happens. And we need to understand, as you were saying, that sometimes we're just not going to be motivated. And I I actually like those downtimes because it allows us to kind of take a look at ourselves. Am I on the right path? Going back to what you said, am I am I having fun? Am I enjoying this? What do I have to do to turn things around um, and make make me more motivated so I can keep going. Motivation isn't like great super energy every day. It's it's a trajectory. It's an arc. And that arc's going to go up and that arc's going to go down. So very true. Very yeah, true. Yeah. So um, I want you to just talk a little bit about the book that you wrote. I, I love the title. Like oh, socks on a rooster. Yeah. All right. Like yeah, socks yeah. on a rooster. Like socks on a rooster. It's actually got a sock the, on the rooster too oh, in the picture. <laughs> uh, right. The rooster is, and, and it's a guide to bunting, busting, whoops, sorry, the entrepreneurial cliches that are holding you back. Yeah. Okay. So why write a book and why choose the topic and why not have like the six things you can do to be successful you know yeah why, what, what why a, the title 
So what a great question. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you asked that. And, and I think to go back, why write a book? I think everybody should be writing a book, right? Mm -hmm. um, a, it's accessible. Okay. B, it's easy. And I think if you have a, if you have any sort of brand or you're doing any sort of marketing or personal branding, having a book is the most important thing. My my ghostwriter that wrote the book for me hates that I say this, but I say it's the best business card in the world. I've handed people my business card and, and it just says my name and what I do. Um, and then I've given people my book. And, and I always tell this one story of I was in Vegas at a convention, met a guy, uh, we were talking, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, you know, he actually found out I had a book and we were having a follow-up meeting a couple of weeks later in Vegas again um, at a different convention. And he bought my book in between and read it on the flight. And I can't tell you how our relationship was so different from just a guy that, that he kind of talked to. That he's like, I read your book. I was amazed by the story. I didn't even have to pitch him on anything. Like he hired me because he read my book. Mm. Uh, so it's really the number one, you know, I think kind of business card you could have. The reason why I wrote the book, though, is it's something, once again, it, it all goes back to failing first grade. I mean, who would have thought the kid that failed first grade and barely <laughs> graduated college um, would write a book, right? And mm -hmm. and like I said, I used to ghostwriter because writing and 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 reading, like if I sent you an email, you'd be like, I think this is a first grader. Um, but it was, it's really <laughs> neat that I was able to do that and overcome that. And, and yeah. I appreciate everyone that was involved in it. Um, and that's kind of why I did it. The title, uh, like Socks on a Rooster, is something my father always used to say when I was a kid. And it's something that where we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but we would like move furniture around in the house, right? And if we got in the right spot, my dad would always say like socks on a rooster. <laughs> so of course, I didn't know what it meant, but my dad's my hero. And and Aww. you know, I mean, in 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 reading, you know, in growing up as an adult, I would go to college, and then when I started teaching, I would use the phrase in, in places I thought it would fit, and people would look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, what do you mean? You never heard that before? No one's ever told you. Like, what does it mean? And I tell them what it means. <laughs> like, I've never heard that. Um, so it's something that just kind of like I did, but when I was saying it and no one else understood it, I didn't look intelligent anymore. But when my dad said it, he looked like my hero. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's kind of a nod to my father, but it's also, and then it, it leads in the title. I think a lot of times we say these entrepreneurial things, like I think the stupidest, not stupidest, but like one of the entrepreneurial cliches I can't stand is your network is your net worth because no, it's not because I know plenty of people that hang around wealthy people that are groupies. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. not really going anywhere. Okay. It's not the clear. And, and a lot of these things, there, there's meaning and there's power behind them. But if you're not actioning them, like your network is your net worth. If you know how to leverage that network that you're in and you're doing the right things and you're authentic and you're genuine. I think we use a lot of cliches in entrepreneurship and we see them all over social media all the time. But what's the action behind them? So I really wanted people to understand it's not just about saying these things. It's about the actions behind them and how do you how do you really do the things that makes a business grow, you know, and especially in the hustle and grind culture of, you know, you got to, oh, you know, I'm working while you're sleeping or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. no, we, we need this. There, there's multiple formulas to solve this, you know. Um, there's multiple ways to to make the recipe. Like I'm Italian and, you know, like, like you know, sauce or gravy, whatever you call it is a big thing. Um, but everyone in my family, from my grandmother to my mother to my wife, everybody uses the same ingredients to make the sauce, but they all taste different, right? Mm -hmm. The same is true in business. And I think that's really why I wrote the book was to make people understand like, hey, yes, there are fundamentals. Here's the things you need to do. Here's the things I believe in. I talk about having a book, uh, having a podcast, having a presence on social media, um, how to put structure into your business, leading your team. So it covers a lot of those topics. Um, and, and even to your point, like, well, why not call it something like that? I'm like, because you're going to walk by and if you see the six steps to this or the seven, eight, yeah. you're going to yeah. see like there's tons of books like that in the business section, but there's no business book called like Socks and Rooster. You're at least going to stop and inquire <laughs> what the hell is this about? You know, so, so it you, was somewhat of a marketing ploy as well. <laughs> and you're able to differentiate yourself yes, with right. all those books. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. a great strategy. I really like that. So, you know, you know, a guide to 
busting the entrepreneurial cliches. Can you, you know, tell me one or two of the cliches and what you're recommending? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, one other thing is to, um, I think in, in, the only path to success and wealth is entrepreneurship. Um, and that's one that I really don't believe in because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people with nine to five jobs that are doing good things, but I think as an entrepreneur, it's important that you understand the nine to five culture and how to hire employees and people that, I think one of the hardest things for entrepreneurs is when they hire their first employee because mm. they really don't understand that not that people, and it goes back to that classroom theory I was talking about. Not everyone is going to be as passionate as you are yep. in the situation. So like, right. and a lot of people are like, oh, I want to surround myself with, with people that are like me. It's like, do you though? I don't mm. want to surround myself with people that are like me. I want to surround people that help fill the gaps of maybe my strengths and weaknesses or help fill the gaps of where things are in my business that can help things grow. So in a lot of ideas, and sometimes the goal, and a lot of people don't understand this, the goal is not to work more. It was to actually right. work less. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. And I agree that you should have people around you that um, think differently. Because yeah. how are you going to solve problems as problems arise without any creative thinkers or somebody who sees things yeah. very differently than you do? Yeah, I would yeah. want that. Yeah. I had someone that worked for me once and, and like every time, like, like he's like, well, I'm like you or, or yeah, I made that mistake. Cause I know I've seen you make that mistake and I'm just like you. That's why I make those mistakes. And I said, listen, I, I appreciate the admiration. Yeah. I said, but I don't need another me. I said, <laughs> I said, I know my strength. I need someone that's going to help me be better and, and, and fill the gaps where I'm dropping the ball. And I need you to be yeah. you. I, need exactly. you to be, I think people don't understand how important it is to be you. In, in the day of gurus and online people and and everyone, you can look, oh, they're, they're emulating this person, they're emulating that person. Like, look, this is a buffet, you know? You got to go up and you got to take the little bit of things that you need to create a good plate, but you can't take everything on the buffet and expect to be successful, right? Um, and I even teach my kids that like when we go to buffets, like, like we, we have, a, we have a methodology. I'm like, I'm like, you don't go and like fill the whole plate up at once. I said, let's go in rounds. We do it in courses. And I talk kids that and, and they, and they know now, like if we go to a buffet, like, cause we go to Disney a lot. If we go to a buffet, they're, they're freaking expensive. So we're going to get our money's worth, but it's like, Hey, they're like, all right, well, are we ready for round one? Yeah, let's go to round one. And we just get like a little bit of, you know, a little bit, if it's a breakfast one, maybe a little bit of cereal, a little bit of something. And then round two is the pancakes and the sausage and uh, all that. And then round three is maybe, you know, we'll get a little bit of fruit, you know, and then round four, we'll go get a little bit of a dessert. But they know to go in rounds. You sit and watch all these people. They go and they pile all this food on their plate. Yeah. They eat a third of it and then they're done. I see people do the same thing in business. They take all these ideas and all these things they could do and all the pivots and all the information. They pile it on the plate and they hustle and they grind. And then they're full after 15 minutes and they really didn't get anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I like that analogy. It's true, you know, because I'm a, I, I load my plate up and really I am done after 10 minutes. Yeah. But I'm so excited to see, wow, I want yeah. to try that. And, yeah. But yeah. in business, you do have to pace yourself. You know, yeah. you have to go with one idea at a time try it out, you know, go out, talk to clients, talk to potential clients, see if that'll fly and figure out how you're going to provide that solution, figure out whether that'll work, figure out, you know, how you're going to market that and get people to see that. And that's, that is a lot of work for just one idea. Mm -hmm. 
So I really like that you're, uh, you know, you're recommending, okay, go slow, just, you know, just do things well one at a time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say it's the simplicity of it too. You know, mm. um, a lot of the successful entrepreneurs I've worked with have done just what you just talked about. They started small. It was a side hustle. Um, like I mentioned, top score writing, you know, with Lisa Cohen, like she sold one, one binder uh, of, of lessons that a teacher could use in the classroom. And then they told someone else. And then she took that money and she made two binders and three binders and then started printing books and all this. And now it's this huge company. It starts small, right? It's the baby step of things, but it's the simplicity and the niching out is also the most important thing. So you cannot be all things to all people. Yeah. You cannot be all yeah. things to all people. I agree. And how do you get that, um, point across you mentioned you know we read about social media what would you say is is a, a way to really get the word out about you your product services either on social media or in a network group or talking to someone in an elevator at a convention yeah i mean I, you know i think the medium is always social media right now is the best way to do it um I think it's really, it goes back to what I talked about earlier. It's, it's honesty and it's fun. I think if you're transparent and honest about who you are and what you do, um, I've never liked the phrase like, oh, you need to appear bigger than you are or fake it till you make it. That's another cliche I, I talk about in the book that I don't like, fake it till you make it. Um, I think we need to be authentic, but we also need to be funny. I mean, listen, we're a world, I don't care whether you're, you're standing face to face with someone or you're on social media, we want to be entertained, right? Mm -hmm. You remember the guy that made you laugh. Mm -hmm. You remember the person that, that told you something that, that, that was a moment that you shared. You don't remember someone that sat there and gave you the, the three highest points in the elevator pitch on what their product does. <laughs> like you remember the person you connected with <sighs> often in relationships. I mean, not enough people are building relationships. I've seen the best sales are made through questions. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. What are you into? What, you know, what is it that you like? What are you, you know, what are you missing in this? Oh, you're, you know, and it's, and it's being in the places, you know, I, I never want to talk to businesses about somebody that I know I really don't need to do business with, but it doesn't mean I don't talk to them because mm -hmm. a lot of people will be like, well, I'm not going to talk to that person because I can't do business. with them. I'll still have a conversation with them, but I'm going to ask about them and what their interests are and what they like. It's, it's being inquisitive with people. Mm -hmm. And really it's not, it's almost not talking. You're, the conversation of your product is irrelevant. Because just like I told you about that guy that got my book and read it and connected with me on a human level, it didn't matter what I did. I could have been selling airplanes or I could have been selling acorns and he was going to buy one from me either way mm. because he, I developed a personal bond with him through the words of my book, obviously. But then even when I was with him, it was conversative. I mean, I, I think we forget to, and, and social media is the same way. How many messages do we get on LinkedIn or Instagram? That's like, I'm a, and I, these are my favorite. I get these on LinkedIn all the time. Oh, I'm amazed by your profile and what you're doing. I think it would be great if we could connect and help develop leads for you. Great. Yeah. Nice to meet yeah. you as well. What intrigued you most about my profile? <laughs> right. Crickets. Crickets. Right. Why? Because they're not making that authentic connection. And some people argue, well, that's the, the, you know, you cast in the net and yeah, of course, you're not going to like that, but I'm going to cast enough that I'm going to hook one or two people that does that. Okay. But what if you connected with one or two people and said authentically? So instead of sending out a thousand impersonal messages, send out 10 personal messages and say, mm -hmm. hey, I see you went to the University of Manny. Or like you said, you know, you even said to me, I saw you have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I'm fascinated by psychology. What was that like? How has that played into your business thing? Like, mm -hmm. ask me a question about me mm -hmm. that, that matters 
and you're more likely to get a sale and you're more likely to do well in business, even in a networking event. Like people want to be like, oh, what do you do? And people go into this diary of the mouth of like, oh, well, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. I, that's why that's why I tell people like, oh, I'm a teacher. Oh, I'm a, I'm a consultant coach. But, but I'd love to hear like, like, what do you do or where are mm -hmm. you from? Because out of the relationship will come what you do, because most people, believe it or not, their career is their life. Even though they may not like that, it defines who they are, you know, and it, and it defines it, it, it's what we spend 60 to 70 percent of our time doing for most sure. people you know so if you ask the right questions you don't have to talk business yeah that's a very big answer but no 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 i like it because you know as coaches you know question asking is our superpower but yeah. you know genuinely i you know i want to know about people i want to know you know what what they're passionate about and and um what their problems are so relationship building is key because like your book that person started building trust in you the minute they turn page one yeah. and by by asking questions by being there by being interested in them that is key for you know for building that trust as a business partner with them yep yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, uh, I do a lot of work too in the cigar industry as well. You mentioned, is there any, you know, I'm in education in the morning, the cigar industry in the afternoon, it's crazy, <laughs> but there's one guy in the cigar industry and he's uh, Nick Perdomo. If you, if you like cigars, I mean, just amazing cigar company. They make great cigars and, and haven't done any direct business with them, but met him a few times, but he always remembers my name. Oh, nice. And I can't oh. tell you how much that means that like this guy who's kind of like, he's a rock star in the industry, mm -hmm. but like whether I've been getting on a plane or bump into him at an event, he's always like, Mike, right? And it's like, that means a lot that he remembered sure. my name, you know? And I think that's, that's a big thing too, is, is, is people appreciate that. And, and it's about, cause it's about the relationship at the end of the day, I don't care what industry you're in. Like I said, I've done work in you, you, you even said in the beginning, like what industries haven't you worked in <laughs> all of them, you know what I mean? And, and, and what matters in, in all of them relationships. It's why <laughs> people go to happy hours. It's why we do these things. And I think if you can maintain that also on social media as well and realize that social media posting isn't about selling what you do. It's about building relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's why, and I know a lot of people may be uncomfortable with this. It's exposing parts of who you are, your private life, you know, the things yeah. that you do. A lot of people are like, well, I don't want to put that out there. It's like, okay, then don't expect to grow your business then. Mm -hmm. Like, that's okay. You don't have to do it, but then don't expect to grow your business. Like, I, you know, I mean, why do I love going to the same Italian restaurant I go to? Is it because the food's the best? Yeah, it's, it, it probably is, but it's more because I know the owners right. and I have a relationship yeah. with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is there If a better one opens up, the food is better. Am I going to now dump my restaurant because the food's a little bit better in another restaurant? No, because I have a relationship with someone at that restaurant. You know, why do I go to the doctor I go to? Is it because he's the best doctor? No, but I have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more about, and even I've overpaid for things. I can't, I know I've overpaid when I bought cars. But I buy my car from the same dealership all the time because I have a relationship with my service writer there. It's yeah, not yeah. about, it, it, it's not about, and, and don't get me wrong, execution is a huge part of it, right? You don't execute, you don't deliver, you don't right, do these things. Right, you've got to touch those all those points, right, but. But, but. but that's not going to make me buy. The relationship is going to make me buy. And it's not gonna, what's going to keep me there is the relationship. And I think fun and comedy too. On mm. social media, I can't tell you how many businesses I'm seeing succeed on humor alone. <laughs> that's great i like that and and we get to have fun you know when we're yeah. thinking about how do i make someone laugh and remember me you know automatically we move into that that entertainment fun mindset 
Yep. So it, instead of listing your benefits of who you are and what you do yeah. and your products, your KPIs and your, oh, your, yes, <laughs> I know. Goodness gracious. So Mike, um, I love our conversation. How I'd, I'd love for our listeners to, um, you know, uh, get a hold of you some way if they want to sure. have a conversation or buy your book. Where can they connect with you? Yeah, yeah. Easiest thing. I made it real simple. My website is just mikefakera.com. Um, so if you go there, that's where uh, links to all my social media are and on all my social media platforms. I'm, I believe everything. I'm just Mike Ficarra. Uh So if you search that up, you'll see me there, uh, usually with a cigar uh, or one of my Italian shirts. I'm one of the two in the profile pictures. That's how you know it's me. You can buy my book on the website as well. Um, or if you want, if you want one for free, um, all you have to do is DM me and say, will you send me a book? And, and I will do that. So you can buy it if you don't want to talk to me, but if you want to build a relationship and shoot me a message, I'm happy to send you a book for free. You just got to DM me on any social media platform that you like. That is so generous of you. <laughs> All right. That's great. Well, it has been a real pleasure talking to you. I love, I love the way your mind works and I love the way you know, it just seems like you're just really bring up the energy in the room, you oh, know, room so which um, makes you memorable. I'm sure that guy knows your name because of you being authentic and fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right, Mike, I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, end the conversation and keep keep doing that great work. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Mike. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com. Dot com.